welcome to The Resolve Podcast, episode number 60. I'm Carly Dizano, a New Year's resolution coach obsessed with all things goal setting, personal development, coaching, and of course, resolutions. One of my biggest goals is to help you reach yours. I'm here to provide the tools, support, and inspiration you need to reach your goals this year and every year, and to feel supported every day along the way. Today, we are talking to a very special guest. I've had this interview on my mind for a long time, especially as I knew that the end of the year was coming, and it is just everything that I was hoping it would be and more. Today, we're talking to Tracy Stanger, and I met Tracy through Hunter Welling, who we talked to last year just about this time in episode number 10, where we talked about setting aligned goals and working towards them from a place of rest. And it's so fun because this episode is very reminiscent in a lot of ways of that episode, but with some great new perspectives, new takes, new ideas, new concepts. You're absolutely going to love it, and I'm so excited to share it with you today. So Tracy Stanger, who is our guest today, is an anti-hustle business coach. We're going to be talking more about what that means in just a minute, who believes we shouldn't have to choose between meaningful work and feeling fully present for motherhood and our own lives. She's on a mission to prove we can have time for our dreams when we focus on results instead of just checking off a to-do list. Her less but better business strategy helps moms make more money and more impact with more time for rest and less stress. It is such a great interview, definitely one that you're going to want to check out. And we dive more into all of those concepts that she talks about in her bio more. So without further ado, here is our interview with Tracy Stanger. Tracy, thank you so much for coming to share on the podcast today. Absolutely. I'm so excited to be here. So to get started, can you share a little bit about who you are and your journey and everything that led you to where you are today? Oh, sure. Just a short little story. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> so I'll start with where I am and go back to like how I got here. I'm an anti-hustle business coach for moms. I've been doing this for a few years. It's like come with me from where I started. So I'll go back there. I've always, always felt it was really important to have time for life along with work. So even like in college and after college thinking, I want to live like a retired person my whole life. Like I never thought that there would actually be enough hours in the day for a real job. Like I want to do work and I want to live and I want to see the daylight and take care of my body and have time with my family. So doing that, I was always like doing my own businesses and I worked at my parents' diner through college and after for quite a while too, because it was such an like easy way to make mm. the money that I needed to have the time to do my own business and to have that time to live like a retired person. But then I burnt myself out on that. So I fell into a nine to five because my boyfriend at the time, who's now my husband, was like, I work for the state government. They have holidays and healthcare and good money. So, <laughs> so I went there. It ended up not working for me because you don't get to live like a retired person when you're expected to be right. there, but in seat for 40 hours a week, if not more. And after maternity leave, going back to that with having to leave my baby in the daycare and like missing out on all that stuff that I always thought would be part of my motherhood, like it did not fit anymore. It didn't work. And I realized I could do what I was doing there, here in business, because I think having that bent on like, I just want to do my job and get out of here is what made me so efficient. And so in my nine to five, what I started doing was like being recognized for, wow, she always like finds the easier way to do things better. And they started moving me around to the different teams to be like, what's going on here? Why do we do all those things? Could we maybe not do that? And oh, look, this is better work and you're having more fun. So that was my job. And I was like, why am I doing that here? I could do that out in the real world and live the way that I actually want to. 
So that's what I've done. I've brought my essentially sort, purge, and organize process, like what I was doing with my teams there, out to other moms who are in business and want to have time for life and work. Mm-hmm. So now I have to ask, do you feel like you live like a retired person? I do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like it's, it feels good. And I, and I recognize that I had this type of schedule back in the day. One of my first businesses, I was running an online vintage clothing shop, like just on mm. Etsy when Etsy was new, but that was like my favorite schedule because it was what I wanted to do with my days and I was mm-hmm. having fun. And I'm right back to that. Like I get up when I want to and have time. Like I don't even start work till the afternoon and everything's fine. And I see my family and yeah, I'm back to living like a retired person Mm -hmm. as it was meant to be. (laughs) I love that. Yeah. My parents recently retired. And so it's been so fun to watch them live their retired life. And I definitely feel that pull to be like, that looks so nice. I would love to spend my days like that too, by the pool, in the pool, (laughs) going on adventure. Yeah. Let's do it. (laughs) Right. I think you're right. It's something we can incorporate even for people who do work nine to five, because that's what they have to do or they want to do that. I totally agree that that is a mindset and a set of actions. I think that we can apply to our life. So I'm excited to dive more into that, but I know as people who are in the online business space for years, it has been so obsessed with the idea of hustle and like doing more and doing it faster and ideally like doing Mm -hmm. it better, but that's kind of like the bottom (laughs) priority right there. And so you share a lot about the idea of the anti-hustle and that's such a mind-catching idea, I think, for people who are familiar with that hustle ideology and mindset. And it's such a captivating concept and it ties in really closely, I think, to the whole idea of living like you're retired. So can you share about how you came to the anti-hustle idea and like what that really means? Yeah. And I think it's interesting that you say that like the regular online business world, like I always, when I write about it, I'm like capital O, capital B, like that machine. I think the hustle has a lot to do with like them wanting to sell you their thing. So like, of course you have to do all the things because you have to buy my thing. You have to buy their thing. But I am (laughs) anti-hustle because I think I've, made it clear. I've just never really liked the idea of being busy, of doing all the things. Like I want to do what needs doing. I'm a big fan of Gretchen Rubin's four tendencies. Me too. On that, <laughs> I'm a questioner, which means mm-hmm. like, I'll only do something if I've decided that it's a good idea. Mm-hmm. And so I think that plays into a lot of this, like, I need to do what now? Why? And uh, like asking all these questions and being more innovative. I also have futuristic as my highest mm. Clifton strengths. So I can see just something that's like, does it have to be that way? What if it could be like this? Mm. And so when I look back, like I just always found the easiest way to get things done better, which is also what I call like less, but better. You do less yeah. things but they come out better or so you can live better, (laughs) like make it easier to get those Mm -hmm. things done. And just, I think it's really important for us to just focus on results instead of checking things off a to-do list. Mm -hmm. I'm super curious in the online business world. One of the concepts that I have heard frequently mentioned in some iteration or another is the idea of like doing B minus work which I understand because it's Mm -hmm. the idea of move past perfectionism, just get it out there. Most people are not reading your posts, like looking for where you put the comma in the wrong place or like when you miscalculate something. And so I totally understand it from that perspective. And maybe it's just in my mind, but that kind of comes up a little bit against the idea of doing less, but better. Because if you are doing less, maybe you have more time or energy to invest in reaching like the A or A plus level. So I'm curious, like what your thoughts are about that. Is it still 
just like getting yourself to do it at the B minus level to move past perfectionism. It's kind of like hacking out of it in that sense. I feel like when you are doing less but better, which means you are picking only the tasks that you really want to do, mm-hmm. that feel really good to you, that are fun, that come out of you really easily, then your B minus work is someone else's like A plus 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 mm-hmm. plus plus plus. Right. So you don't have to work that hard. Like your B minus is awesome. Right. No, yeah, I totally agree with that. And I think that comes, especially with people who have any kind of online business, which is so cool because normally they're doing that to pursue what's in their zone of genius. Hopefully. I think a lot of people get stuck in their zone of excellence, which is the thing that like you're really good at and and, like people like to pay you for it and everything. But the zone of genius stuff that is like just flow that is like, people can pay me for this Mm -hmm. that much. What? I don't know if a lot of people get there, but Mm. I think they should. How do you make that change? We deserve that. (laughs) Being aware and like just continually asking questions. I'll probably mention it multiple times in this episode, but I'm just a big fan of putting your antenna up Mm. and and asking yourself as you're going through the day, like, is this so me? Is this something I just think I have to do? And what I do with my clients, I actually love personality typologies in case right. you hadn't oh, yeah, learned that yet for this conversation. But I will take your Enneagram and your four tendencies mm-hmm. and your clip and strengths. And there's answers in there of what is your zone of genius, your best work look like. Mm. And then you just go towards that stuff and keep those antenna up of like, this gets really good results. That was really mm. fun. When I do this, things just like work. I'm going to do more of that and keep saying no to the other stuff. Mm. And that's really interesting too, because whether like, no matter what kind of job you have, there are people who probably do that job. Like coaching is what comes to mind since we're both coaches. Like there are coaches who can lean into their zone of genius, regardless of all of those personality things, but those inform how they can do that in the best way. And maybe like which aspects Mm -hmm. of running a business or being a coach don't align with them or aren't really their strengths. And so I can see how you can really apply the different aspects of those different frameworks to inform how you want to do what you want to do. And then to Mm -hmm. recognize and identify the things that just aren't your priority or that you can outsource to someone else who maybe it's in their zone of genius. Mm-hmm. Like when we do this, especially the Clifton Strengths thing, and I'm finding that like almost everyone that I work with is very heavy in the strategy side, mm. and we're all lacking executing skills. Ooh, <laughs> interesting. So isn't that great to know? Let's please take all of the executing tasks off your to-do list. It's not going to work. You're not going to like it. <laughs> do the stuff that you are so good at so that then you can pay someone else to do right. the other stuff. Mm. <laughs> Right. And I know we've talked on the podcast before about this, but it's the idea of, would you rather spend dozens of hours on YouTube to fix the plumbing problem? Or would you rather just call the expert plumber and have him fix the problem in 15 minutes? Yes. Yes. Regardless of the kind of work, like why would you want to spend so much time and effort and energy into something that isn't in that zone for you? Excellence or genius? Yeah. 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 And even if we're not going to go like strategy versus executing, but like if you are a verbal person and you like to talk and you like to be on camera and like people really connect when you do stories or Mm -hmm. videos or whatever why are you sitting there trying to write a blog post yeah exactly don't you don't Mm -hmm. have to and that's again part of like online business tells you you have to but less but better tells you if you don't (laughs) if you do the thing like if you just Mm -hmm. stick to video 
you can transcribe it. Like you can put it out in other ways, but even if you don't even have time for that or you don't have the resources to pay someone to transcribe it, the good, amazing work that you'll be able to do quickly, even by just going with video or whatever is like the easiest, most fun for you Mm -hmm. is going to get you moving forward so much faster. Yeah. One of the first lessons that I learned in online business that really transformed everything. I think for me, even though I didn't realize it was going to, at the time I took this course that kind of taught you like how to set up this kind of business and like all the things that went into running it. And even just the structure that they outlined, like the client should reach out and then you should do a call and then you should do a consult and like all these mm-hmm. steps. I was like, there's so many things in this process. I just don't want to do. And it was so freeing to me to recognize that's a waste of my time and energy. Mm-hmm. And it just feels mm-hmm. so awful to me to even think about doing some of those steps. And so it was so powerful to give myself the freedom to be like, nope, that's yes. not what I'm going to do. Even without yes. permission from anyone else to step away from that was just amazing. And that's what I love because when you notice that, you know, that feels icky. I don't want to do that. And give yourself the permission then to say, well, then what am I going to do? Mm-hmm. You're going to come up with something so creative that maybe it hasn't even been done before. Like right now I'm working on a VIP day. That's like not a VIP day where we Mm. never actually meet at all, which breaks all the rules. Right. But like, it's going to be, you get to do your part on your time. Then I do mine. And there's still that room for feedback and for Mm. me to like really personalize the experience for you. But like, who said that we had to sit on a call for five hours? Yeah. Nobody. Well, lots of people, but I said, no, thanks. (laughs) But who wants to do that? Like regardless of what they're helping you with, no one wants to be on Zoom for five hours. You want them, right? You want them to do what they need to do to help you, and you don't want to have any part of it, or else you'd be doing it yourself. Some people might, because again, everybody is their own personality, and maybe you really enjoy like that long, deep connection with someone, and maybe that is like the best way that you work. And so, in that case, hell yes, do it. But my whole point is like, if it doesn't sound good to you, don't do it. Well, and maybe like they're going to teach you something or you're going to learn. I kind of like conceptualize those a little bit differently. A lot of the VIP days I've done have been like, you're really just like sitting there while someone else is doing the work. And they're just like (laughs) asking you questions where you could have just like typed it all out. Yeah. But yeah, if you learn that best that way, some people it's, it's like the whole idea of therapy now where you can just like text your therapist instead of like having calls. Like if that's worse (laughs) for you. Amazing. If mm-hmm. you want to do Zoom, that's great. If you need to meet in person, we totally understand. Yeah. It's like the innovations, right? It didn't work for someone. So they found what was going to work. And then sure enough, there's people who need to work that exact same way. So other than these means of like outsourcing, finding your zone of genius, recognizing your personality to really hone in on the things that matter to you, doing a plus 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 work because it just comes easily. What are some yeah. other ways that business owners can embrace the anti-hustle? So the first step, of course, is like acknowledging that it's not possible to do it all. So like right. coming mm-hmm. over to the dark side Mindset, here and yeah. going, oh yeah, that has always sucked. I've always felt like mm-hmm. I'm trying and maybe I probably even looks like I'm doing it, but man, this sucks and I'm tired. Come over and just say, no, mm-hmm. I don't have to do it all. You can't do it all. Like nobody can, you're not a failure. Like that idea is a failure. And then, so embracing the anti-hustle, like, Start focusing on just the most impactful things Hmm. for you. So maybe that is diving into what are my personality types and my strengths and stuff. Or some people are more like data driven. So maybe it's looking at literally where did all your clients come from? And remembering the 80-20 rule, you get 80% of your results from only 20% of your effort. If 80% of them are coming from Instagram, but you're spending 80% of your time also doing Facebook, LinkedIn, Pinterest, 
TikTok, whatever else new thing mm-hmm. there is, maybe you could stop that and just focus on Instagram. And even spending a tiny bit more time on Instagram will get you even more clients. Mm-hmm. So you can look at the data. You can look at your feelings, just noticing, like I said, put the antenna up and notice like this feels like a slog. I don't like this. It takes me five hours and I don't even think that the product is good at the end. Hmm. And then noticing the things that like, Oh, I just knocked out an email in half an hour and it felt really fun and everybody opened it and people wrote back to like, just start noticing that kind of thing. But yeah, focusing on what you want to do. And then you can apply this to your offers. Like we said, like you don't have to do a VIP day or you can do it in a different way. And your marketing, where you are, how you do things, like you don't have to write the blog post. One of my friends slash client came up with the nine grid. Like you don't even have to post on Instagram every day. You could just do this instead and like make this little mini sales funnel. And now it's sweeping the world and it's amazing but that was an action of being like I don't want to what else could I do instead Mm. those are also good so now I want to shift into the anti-hustle like in all other areas of our lives the idea of living like you are retired so moving away from work yeah (laughs) what what does that look like how can we apply that idea into the rest of everything else that we do yeah it's gonna be the same thing it's a lot of saying no Just a lot more looking around, considering whether something that is on your life to-do list really needs doing basically everything. Like you don't have to cook dinner. You don't have to vacuum. There's always another way around it, especially when you start looking at what are the results that I'm trying to get first, Mm. instead of like, I have to vacuum. Well, the result is I want a fairly clean floor. Right. How other ways can I get that done? And so, yeah, maybe you will hire someone to clean your house. You will start saying no to like a weekly coffee date that you didn't really have fun with so that you can take that time to go for a walk or do yoga and you can the same. So what we do in my course is this thing called a time budget where you literally look at like, I only have so many hours in a week. Mm -hmm. Where are they going to? If I put the things that I want to do up first and I start finding I don't have time for these have to do's and always do's just because they're happening, start cutting those out. Then in your life, you start seeing, oh, I actually have time for passion projects, like writing a book or running my town's art council, which are two things that my clients have actually made time to do. Like wow, totally mm-hmm. unrelated to their work just for fun that they wanted to do. Yeah. I use that exercise a lot with my clients too, because it's that idea of like goals and resolutions. They're things that we think like, oh, someday I don't have time for that. But when we step back and look at our lives, like the 168 hours you have in a week, it's so fascinating to subtract Mm -hmm. like the 56 that you use for sleeping. And even if you Mm -hmm. do 40 hours, like how many hours you have left over to do all of those things. Right. And that's even before you apply the anti-hustle ideas. So it's amazing when you conceptualize all the time that we have. And then you add on top of that, what you want to do with that time. It's amazing. Yeah. I think a lot of times people just don't even put the things they want to do, right? Right. We just ignore it or think it'll never happen or someday down the line. I think also we don't acknowledge the things that we want to do. Like if you come home from work and you spend an hour scrolling on Instagram, like that is an hour, maybe probably that you wanted to spend on Instagram, like to de-stress, to process, to get news, Mm -hmm. to connect with people. And so we just discount that. Or when we do an exercise, like 
time budget, it doesn't come to our mind that we need to put that kind of stuff or that kind of time on there when normally Mm -hmm. that is something our time goes to or watching three hours of television a night. TV is one of my wants on my time budget. Like I want time to do nothing. (laughs) Yeah. And it's so powerful to own that because that's the number one reason I think like that I see my clients or other people be like, I have no time. It's because they're not owning the ways that they actually want to spend their time that they feel like they shouldn't spend their time doing things like television or scrolling, Mm -hmm. even like connecting Mm -hmm. with people that they love and care about. They don't recognize it as a priority or something they want to do. So they discount it or think that it doesn't count, even though it is still taking up a lot of their time. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. And I think that's just clicking something too. So that's almost like a, why we feel so bummed. Like I don't get to do what I want to do when you're, because right. you're not acknowledging that you did want to do that right. thing. Exactly. Time on. Yeah. Yeah. That clicked for me. And it's that idea too, if we stay up late at night and we don't go to bed, quote unquote, on time because we were watching TV and then we like beat ourselves up over it when you're like, well, you wanted to sleep and you wanted to watch TV. And so sometimes different things have different priorities, but recognizing regardless of what you did, you were probably doing what you wanted to do, at least in that moment. (laughs) Yeah, I think that's such a powerful way to just own who you are and where you are and what you're doing, especially when you start to embrace the anti-hustle ideas, because lots of people outside of yourself and the people you care about are probably going to have a lot of ideas about the way you should be living your life, especially if you buck some of the Everyone around you. Yeah, absolutely. Everybody wants to tell you what to do with your time. And if you put all the things that everybody wants you to do and the online business gurus and your family and da, 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 and you put that on your time, budget, you'd be over by like 150 hours. Like right. There's just, you can't. So start saying no. Say yeah. No. Okay. So let's talk about that. How do you say no? Because let's be real. A lot of people struggle with that. So it has a little bit to do with your personality yeah oh yeah <laughs> you can believe it I will tie it back down to that like an obliger especially yeah is gonna have a really hard time with saying no probably them the most but that's like a lot that's like 74 percent of the population I think an obliger if you don't know that that's you it's really easy for you to meet expectations if someone else is expecting you to and it's basically impossible if it's just for you yeah so what I recommend there to get used to saying no setting boundaries or whatever is to think about how it's actually going to serve those other people, because that's what your brain really wants to do. And that's why you're having the hard time saying no. So if you can think about like, well, if I say no to such and such, it means I get to say yes to spending time with my kid, or it means I get to be a more calm and reasonable person, which makes everybody around me happier. So focus on what someone else is going to get out of it. Right. Could help a lot. Mm Mm-hmm. Me though, I'm just like, no, I don't want to do it. Right. As a questionnaire, you're <laughs> really... just like, no, does not align with what I want. Sorry. <laughs> not even sorry. I think a rebel would be really good at saying no as well. Right. Are you kidding me? I'm not doing that. <laughs> but even as an upholder, I feel that pull sometimes to do what other people want me to do. And sometimes I will to be like, it's a higher value to me that I help you with this and express my love in that way, then go home early and watch TV. But that's not always the choice that I make. So I think acknowledging that saying no is a skill too, is really helpful because it's something you can get so much better at as time goes on. Yes. I just saw this behind me, my book, set boundaries, find peace. If Mm. you're, if you do struggle with saying no, this is excellence by Nedra Talab, set boundaries, find peace. Sounds great. I'll link that in the show notes so people can check that out if this is something that they struggle with. We touched on this a little bit, but I think you probably have other thoughts on this. So as you're like slowing down to do less, but better, 
what does it look like to still accomplish the things that you want to, or like reach your goals as you're doing that? It sounds like it actually makes it easier to do those things. That's what I was going to say. Yeah. Yeah. Like this is actually how you do that because Mm -hmm. when you are doing all the things and you're throwing energy every little way. And so nothing's ever really getting done well, or like, you know, if we go back to that example, you're spending so many hours trying to write a blog post that you don't have time to do something else that would actually like really attract customers to you. When you start slowing down and doing less but better now, okay, just, just by saying like no to one thing, like I'm not going to post on Instagram anymore. I'm going to do my nine grid, have that there. Now, all that time spent from posting to Instagram and the time spent thinking about how you should be posting it and what should I post and da-da-da and feeling bad that you're not posting. All that time now goes to your brain to be like rested, which then can be more creative and more effective when you do work. And because you're saying no, now you're not wasting that time, that energy, money, even all the money that goes to courses and coaches and all of these things that they're telling you, like, you have to do it this way, or you have to do this thing in order to be successful. When you can start saying like, that doesn't sound like me. I don't want to do this. Mm -hmm. The, the, um, process that you said earlier, when you say no, like, no, you don't have to go learn that. Now you have time. Mm to focus on those things that are most you that you found in your personality strengths types or that you found like I always enjoy doing this or my clients always get the best results out of it and it comes out easier faster better like you just you start the ball rolling faster and faster faster more impact better results easier and it just makes this giant ripple effect Mm. and like isn't that amazing you hit your goals actually faster but more importantly because i don't know even just saying faster 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 made me a little like i don't think that fast is necessarily like the end goal but sustainably right well and just like easier simpler mm -hmm. yeah don't wear yourself out because the thing that the reason i am here that i think that is so so important is i really think that you all have like something in you that only you can do the way only you can do it And when you dilute that by going every other direction that everyone else tells you to do, you're not giving it to us Mm -hmm. and you may burn out and you may quit. And like, that's not what we need. We need you to do that thing and we need it to be here for the long haul. So Mm -hmm. this is, this is the way to do it. Yeah. And then what people may not know our listeners is that we talked about a lot of these ideas like six or eight months ago now. And we intentionally decided, we were like, no, 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 this is a great conversation, but we're going to wait till the end of the year because we have a lot of stuff to talk about with regard to that too. And as we talked about before we started recording, like that is fast approaching. We may still have quite a few weeks before the end of the year is officially here, but it's basically here when we have like the holidays and all the rest and relaxation and slowing down and less but better that we're going to do between now and then. So how can people best prepare in the coming weeks as the end of the year approaches to begin that transition into the fresh start of a new year? Yeah, I think the first step again, like if you're going to embrace anti-hustle is just like acknowledging, I'm not going to do that this year. There's so much noise right now. It started earlier than normal this year. Like normally it's the first week of October, but by mid-September, I was hearing all this noise about what are you going to get done by the end of the year? Now you got to play in your perfect year next year and just all this stuff that you have to do. 
what I would recommend is saying no to that and giving yourself this time and this space to actually wind down. And like, I keep looking out my window at this beautiful tree that is changing colors and it's going to lose its leaves right now. Like, I think it's important for us to remember just like nature, like it's not go, go, go all the time. And this time of year is literally for winding down Mm -hmm. and then starting slowly in January, February, like you don't see buds on the trees till April, right? Like there's time. And I think what makes it easier to do that, because I know probably a lot of people are like, cool, I can't, (laughs) this is the deadline. I've got all the stuff that I'm supposed to have done by the end of 2022. I think it helps to look back at the progress that you have made. Mm -hmm. Because man, really go back to what you were doing one year ago or three months ago and really see the progress that you have made so that it doesn't feel as much like you have to have done everything. Like, I don't, I just don't like the idea of the end of the year is like a cap and like, hey, time's up and you have to be finished. There's no finish. Like we're just, we're making progress Mm -hmm. consistently, sustainably. But looking back at what you've done, like, so I do this every month, I look back at the Mm -hmm. month and I'm frequently surprised by like, I did all that. Like, it seems, I remember that thing being so awesome. Mm -hmm. I, that felt like ages ago, right? Because we're Mm -hmm. constantly onto the next goal, but it just had, like, it was just right. Haven't. And it's like a huge shift from even the month before that. And just remembering you don't have to start the year off like a race. You can ease in. I was mentioning to you, like I'm about to quit work the week before Christmas and I'm taking in three weeks off. I did this last year too. The year before that was like two weeks and then easing in to Mm -hmm. January. And that's because like I've planned ahead to make my busy time later. Right. Well, and I think your point about the buds is so interesting too, because even if you're like, okay, January 1st, I want to start going to the gym. If that's one of your focuses for next year, realizing even if you do start January 1st, it may not be till April. So you see any real results from that. Or even Mm -hmm. if you start reading like one page a night before you go to bed, it could be April before you finish a book at that pace. Or if you start Mm -hmm. writing a page of your book every day and growth and progress is cumulative. Like you said, it takes time and doing it sustainably is what really matters. If you want to keep going for the long haul, which most of us want to do, but recognizing that, yeah, it's not a race when we start, especially if you want to keep going and that it's okay if it takes growth or buds a while to appear, because like, that's just part of the natural process. Yeah. I like that too. A reminder of like, you can start small, like you can start mm-hmm. with just the one page yeah. at a time, because what I do is I think of what does future Tracy do? Right. And I look ahead. I know that when I'm an old lady, I want to have like a yoga practice. I want to be that old lady that like walks around the block every day and does yoga. And so how can I bring that into yeah. my current days? Maybe that just means I find the 10 minute yoga with Adrian on YouTube and just commit to that. Or even before that, I made the goal, like just pull my mat out. That's all I had to do. Stand on the mat and see if yoga happens. (laughs) But then you can start really small like that, but it's still going to add up to the goal that you're going to. Mm -hmm. So in conjunction with that, we do want to do things. Like you said, like we're making all of this space in our life for things that we want and that matter to us. So how can we plan out the year that is fast approaching to intentionally approach it and to make progress and to do those things that we want? 
So I kind of put the same idea as like time budget. There's mm. only 12 months next yeah. year, right? So True. we want to look at the big picture. What is it that I want to get done next year? And I think it's really important to make sure you're adding downtime mm-hmm. and rest in there first before you start making plans, which I think is the problem with like most planners because they're like, here's 50,000 pages for you to fill in with every single thing you ever want to do. And then of course you can't actually get any of that done. So figure out what kind of time availability you actually have. Look at the big picture, put in your rest, and then you can start weeding out the things that you want to do or think you need to do that aren't going to be the most impactful, Mm -hmm. that aren't your like less but better zone of genius. This really moves the needle kind of things. I love that about resolutions and like taking the whole year as a whole too, because like there is, there are very few goals you can set that take up that much time. I just talked about that in an episode last week. I went to grad school this year. That took up a lot of time, like every single day, but publishing my book this year, which is still one of my like big goals, top things I had to do actually took up very little time. Like so few hours cumulatively, it just didn't take that long. And I think even if you want to like go to the gym five times a week, that's five hours a week out of your whole weekly time budget. And so being able to- Plus getting there and showering. Right. So those things fit into, but that's even that's natural. Like how can you fit that into the rhythm of your daily life? Like with your showers you were normally taking or like, do you leave the house at a normal time every day anyway? And how can it fit in naturally with that? Or when you're coming home and- So there are ways that it can fit in, but realizing that there is so much downtime that we can create over the 12 months. It's, there's so much available to us, even as we do whatever it is we want to do, even if it's a daily thing, or if it's a big goal that we're going to just cumulatively work towards all year to recognize that downtime does exist and we can and should take it is so important. And then you have to take it first. Like it's the same way financial advisors would say like save first, right? If you don't put the money in the savings account. And you all put whatever's left at the end of the month. There's not going to be anything. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So if you put it away first, there's at least a better odds that it will stick, that you won't take it and spend it anyway. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. So once you've budgeted that time on your calendar, is there anything else that you need to do to plan things out or make a plan or schedule or just figure it out? So... I have a planning process that walks you through some questions. This is just for businesses, but like mm-hmm. how to make your business plan up all the way from like first figuring out when you're going to have time for work, but actually figuring out like, what are you going to make to serve your clients, like your products mm-hmm. so that you can play on the content that you're going to use to talk about them so that you can also see what do you need to do behind mm-hmm. the scenes, like your admin stuff to make all that stuff happen. But so there, there's like eight steps in that process, but overall, anytime you're planning something, you want to look at the results first and then take it back a step. If I want that to happen, what has to happen first? Well, if that, in order for that to happen, what has to happen mm-hmm. first? And each time you're answering that, think of like, what's the easiest way for that to happen? Like, I love that you just said, I can put this showering with my regular shower. Like, I don't have to have two showers. I can make this easier. That's very less, but better. Be like, what's the easiest way to fit this in my schedule? Right. Even maybe I'm not going to go to the gym today so I can go to the gym tomorrow so I can shower after because I need nice hair for the day after for that thing I have. Like, there's a lot of like mental gymnastics sometimes goes into these things, but just embracing it because it's part of life. We're going to have to shower and do our hair nice anyway. And we probably want to work out along the way. So when you can like just fit all of those pieces together, that's part of it. It's okay. 
Yeah. But taking that time to plan, because I hear from a lot of people, like, I don't even have the time to do that zoom Mm -hmm. out. Like take the time, take the hour or whatever. Like people can use this, my plan your year process in like two hours to Mm -hmm. at least get that overview of what does your year look like next year. Mm -hmm. But whatever it is that you're trying to plan, if you take the time to plan it first, it's going to save you more time in the long run and make sure that you're doing it the easiest, best way too. So worth it. Yeah, absolutely. And I think you made a good point about admin stuff too, because like you said, like the showering and the driving goes into going to the gym, but so does like packing your gym clothes every day, remembering your shoes, deciding if you need a snack before or a snack after. And if you're going to bring it, pick it up while you're out, like all of that admin stuff goes into life too. And so that's normally the biggest thing that people miss out when they're doing like a time budget or like the 168 hours exercise, Mm -hmm. they forget. You don't just need time to eat. Like you need time to make the meal and to meal prep and to go to the store and to decide that you need to go to the store and make your grocery list. Maybe that's part of it too. Well, because then when you start thinking about that, then you go, okay, well, what's the result I need to eat? Right. Do I need to do all those things? Can I do HelloFresh? Can I have someone drop me off food? Can I do leftovers, meal prep, whatever? Yeah. It's like, that's where you get into options. Yeah, absolutely. Figuring out the way that works best and easiest for you. Yeah. And that's true in like all of our admin areas of life, but we have to acknowledge first what all those steps are and how much time they take in order to decide like, do I want to do all of them? Can I do all of them? What do I not want to do? What do I want to do? What is the end result that I want other than having eaten? Like, do I want to make it or do I want to outsource or do I want to use any of this other multiplicity of options that exist? Yeah. Right. And so there's so much admin that we can reduce but we have to like acknowledge first that it exists to make that possible. And just what you were saying reminds me, it's considering your values. Yeah. Like, do oh, I, absolutely. I want, do I want to do it this way? Like I want it to be zero waste or I want it to be right. fast or what? Yeah. Like, how is it more important that it's zero waste or that it's done? Mm-hmm. I was very like zero waste-ish before the pandemic and then getting groceries turned into using like pickup, curbside pickup or Instacart delivery and zero waste went out the window, but it was because like that became the more important value and meeting the results that had changed at that time. (laughs) Yeah. Right. We have an episode of the podcast about the hierarchy of values and determining like what they are and how that needs to drive our action. And that's a great way to determine which admin tasks we can outsource or maybe not do at all. And then what that end result needs to be like, what result is aligned with our values? That's like a great way. You're right to determine that. Yeah. And before delegating anything, like making sure it actually needs doing. Yes. Because that comes back to our value of like not doing things that don't need to be done or that shouldn't be done by us or can just not be better. Yeah. Exactly. So coming back to like the results of those values, how has less but better anti-hustle helped you and your clients? Like what have you seen be the result? Oh, so much good stuff. I'll use myself as an example first. Like I have worked, grown this business in just 10 to 20 hours a week. Like if it's 20, it's like a push week. And I'm like, "Mm, I don't know about this. Let's not do that next week. Often, almost all the time without childcare too. So just the proof that like that's possible and the progress that this business has made over the last four years is amazing. And it's all because I've only been choosing like less but better not investing in courses, coaches. Like, I don't feel like I've wasted money on anything. Like, I feel like a lot of people go, oh, I'm kind of burned by courses or burned by this coach. Wasn't what I thought it was going to be. I felt lucky, but also like, I know it's because of my 
process of thinking through things. Right. That it just hasn't been a problem. <laughs> but my clients, I'm seeing them taking vacations and actually enjoying it, not mm-hmm. feeling like they need to be working, not bringing their laptop, knowing that their work is handled without them. Like I said, working on passion projects without feeling the need to monetize them. That's so cool to me because when they come to me, like sometimes they will be like, oh, how can I tie this into my business? And when we discover like, you don't have to like, just make your business easier so that you have time for that. And then they get both things and it feels so much better and just making giant impact, like seeing them get to do their best thing, like coming from just being like, oh, I was generic, da, da, da. I was just doing like what everybody else did and then going their way. And seeing what that does to their clients, who then can do their clients better, like this gigantic ripple effect. It just makes me so happy. And then one last question I wanted to throw in is, I love what you started out with, like the idea of like living like you're retired or incorporating just more moments of that into your life. So what does that look like for you on a practical level? What are some of the things you do that, that let you embrace that lifestyle? Like, what does that look like? So just like my daily life. I don't even start work till the afternoon. Mm -hmm. I wake up like when my child sticks her face in my face and says, feed me. But, and I just get to like do whatever I don't, I set my call schedule so that I know like nothing is ever happening early in the morning. We met at 10 today, my time. And that was like the beginning of my, maybe I will talk to people time. So I have time to like, oh, I want to just read this morning or uh, we watched a movie in bed this morning or go for a walk or take her to the park or run errands or like whatever. Always have lunch with my family. I'm lucky my husband still gets to telework most of the time. So like literally eat together, watch John Oliver. And then in the afternoon is when I get to work and it's always fun. (laughs) I just like only do, it sounds interesting. Mm. And I'm done by 4.30 when my husband gets off work too. And then we just like chill as a family. I love that. Okay. And now we're going to move into the resolution round, talk about goals and goal setting. And so it's pretty obvious that you set less, but better goals and like ways that you want to live your life. And we talked a little bit about that process, but is there any other insights you can give us into how you do that? I think we've basically covered like what I do, like focusing on the results. I don't really set resolutions, but I will like, as they come up, oh, I've decided there's a new goal. Like, oh, that sounds like something I want to try now. And again, it's just like looking forward to the result and then stepping it back. How do you get there? And what's the easiest way to get there? And I mentioned like future Tracy is a big inspiration. And so just bringing a little piece of that back to my current day. And the only other thing I would add is like, how do I do that? I use time blocks and I frequently change them up. So like the day I just described, is not exactly what I was doing like six months ago or two years ago or anything like that. But I will, again, like list out what are the things that I do want to have time for in my day and where can like some of them go together or like they need to happen at this time of day or that time of day and and figure out like the gist of mm. how does my goal fit into my life right now? Yeah. Mm. I like that. And what is the biggest goal that you set and completed or something you're really proud of? Quitting my nine to five so that I could come home, like (laughs) building this business. I worked on the business for almost a year. Like basically Poppy went to daycare 
And that week I was like, oh, this is not, 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 not going to work. Because <laughs> I saw, no, it was like, it was so expensive. She was constantly getting sick. Like within a week, she was home sick from something she picked up there. Then I was getting in trouble for not being at work to take care of her, even though I could get my job done without being there or at least from here. So the, the goal of like making this a thing so that I didn't have to do that thing. I'm mm. very excited about that. Yeah. And what is the goal that you're working on now? So right now I am working on like getting my offer suite just like super dialed and out to the mm. people that can, it can help. I feel like the last few years have been a process of finding the right ways to help. So for anybody, but like the way that it works best for me, then yep. you pick the way it works best for you. But so like, they're all really good now. Like mm. I'm really proud of all mm. my offers and how I talk about them. So now I'm working on like, baking even more me into how I talk about it and what I do. So like I mentioned, like I did the nine grid. So I've got Instagram off my plate. And if you're interested, I don't know if I've said her name yet, but go to Kristen at going ultraviolet to learn about how to do that and get yours done too. Cause it's such a great way to like not have to deal with that anymore. And also it's getting me like the people that do come by are more right fit and like follow along and engage much faster. And I'm also doing things like baking in one of my Clifton strengths is individualization. So I'm really trying to make sure that like the personality typologies and strengths and stuff is baked into every little thing, even like my courses so that you're getting that because it's so fun for me and important or like, I feel like my zone of genius is just like welcoming. So I'm creating, like finding other places I can create a welcoming space. And again, like even in my classes, I'm going back inside teachable and like kind of judging up the, mm-hmm. the experience in there and just like, yeah, doing things that sound fun like this coming on here and chatting. <laughs> well, and I love that too, because it's a good reminder that things are a process, especially in entrepreneurship. Like you don't just jump in, even with the anti-hustle idea and everything just falls into place and you suddenly know everything you're good at and everything you want to do. And the yeah, exact no, be structured. It's a like, yeah, but it's like a continual embracing, like each step of that, re-embracing your values in the anti-hustle process mm-hmm. and doing less, but better to get to where you are now. And as things continue to evolve, you're going to keep doing that. But it doesn't just come just because you're like, well, I want to focus on the things that are important to me. Like it's still, it's coming to recognize what that means and how you live it out and how to embody that. So your story is like the perfect example of that, I think. Oh, thank you. Good. Yeah. It's, and it's really fun. Like I'm so excited for you to like get yeah. here. And the first time you just say no to something and like the space that it creates and how amazing it is, you'll be hooked. And then you like, do it again and you do it again. And it gets more and more easy, mm-hmm. becomes like a muscle memory. I just heard yes. that from a client the other day. I got mm-hmm. a boxer like, okay, I've been practicing this for like a couple of years now, but I just noticed like it just happened. I didn't even have to tell myself. I yep. just did it. And like, oh, it's so yeah. cool. And the, and the stuff that starts coming out just gets like more and more creative and more you. Mm-hmm. It's really cool. So that's the perfect segue into every week on the podcast. We encourage listeners to resolve to consider something or experiment or take some action. So what would you encourage listeners resolve to do? Put up those antenna. Like that's the first Okay. Step. Everyone that I've talked to that has like embraced this anti-hustle and, and, and is doing less but better and everything. I'm like, well, how did you know that you could? Mm. Like, how did you get there? And literally every single time the answer is, I tried it. I just did it. (laughs) So that sounds like way too simple, but that's it. So how do you do that? You put up your antenna to start noticing that doesn't feel good. This feels really good. Mm -hmm. And just say no to one of those 
this doesn't feel good things and give yourself the space to do one of those this really feels good things and just kind of see what happens and I like to share too because I know that it still sounds scary but this called the outbox method which I got from apartment therapy like way back in the day of mm. how you clean your closet out right you're like oh maybe I don't need this shirt but you're not quite sure you can send it to Goodwill yet. So you just put it in the outbox, mm. like in the closet or in the garage or something and get used to your life without it and see, do I miss it? If you do, you can go bring it back. But if you don't, like it's gone, banished. Mm. So the first time you say no to something, maybe you can put it in the outbox. So it's not mm. so scary. That's good. I'll take it under advisement. <laughs> I love that. That's a great, great point. Okay. Now we have the confetti questions just for fun. So we can get to know you a little bit better after all the other insights you've given us into your life. So what time is it normally that Poppy sticks her face in your face and wants food? <laughs> what time do you get up? Luckily lately, it has been somewhere in the seven o'clock hour. Okay. And I can handle that. So I try and convince her to like cuddle with me Aww. and just chill for a second. And that's okay. <laughs> yeah. What sweet, sweet moments together. So when do you do your best work? Right now, that is like from one to three thirty, mm. and that's when I work. So yeah, it's but that's good. a great like, point. I feel like I've had enough time in the day to like be a person right. and get excited and mm -hmm. absorb things. And maybe I've got like a story from going to Target or whatever. Like I'm writing my email tomorrow about cleaning my like reset pot the other day. Yeah. So yeah, like uh, the living happening. life stuff. But like you said, like yeah. right now it's one to three, but that can change, and that's okay. Mm -hmm. What is the best piece of advice you've been given? It has nothing to do with business, but okay. a person that I knew from New York told me, like, if you ever see someone acting like weird on the street and you're worried that they might act crazy toward you, you act weirder and <laughs> they'll be afraid of you. <laughs> Ooh, that is an interesting point. Now I'm like thinking of all the different ways you can apply that in life. Okay, I get it. What do you do to rest? So that also changes seasonally. In the spring, I was hanging out in my hammock in the backyard. When it got hot, I was hanging out in my stock tank pool. To Love like it. Chilling for about an hour, listening to music. And this season and the chilly, it's finally getting like chilly here. I just want to watch movies on the couch. And then in the next part of this year, I'll want to go to the ocean and just walk around, see the waves. Like I just need that water every once in a while. Yeah. Yeah. I'm with you. Water is like a grounding element for me. Um, mm. Favorite beverage. <laughs> Depending on the time of day, <laughs> I start out with my decaf Folgers, which everybody thinks is so gross, but I don't care. It reminds me of my grandma and mm. it's good. And then I drink water. And if it's a nighttime beverage, I like to freeze my Jameson whiskey and it's like so good. <laughs> Favorite TV show. That is Friends. I think Classic. it will always be friends. Like I've watched it. Basically it's just on repeat. It's what I fall asleep to. I watched it while I was giving birth to my daughter. Like I brought my fire sticks. It's like my comfort show. Yeah. You know? So it was just like on. Mm -hmm. I love friends. I've seen it so many times. My problem is like, whenever I get to the last episode, I'm like, well, I'll just watch the first episode again. Like see where we started. And then it like starts over. It's the never ending process. You're right. Uh, what <laughs> book has had the greatest impact on your life? I know. Hard that question. question is way too hard. I know. I think, I don't know if I'm even going to answer you because okay. one of my 
one of my Clifton strengths is learner. So I mm. just take all these pieces from books that sometimes like, I don't know where it came from. Or I also find sometimes I attribute something to a book that's not actually in there. Mm. Mm -hmm. So I don't know. There's an amalgamation of all these different books in me. But I will tell you the one that I've read lately that I agreed the most with was Essentialism. Yeah, that's so, a great one. Great. Yeah. And he actually, I think that's what like named less but better for me because he mm -hmm. was talking about the less but better design principle mm -hmm. where they're like, it could be simple and that is better. Like, oh yeah. And his, for business. Is that his first book or his second book? Yeah, that's the first one. I haven't read the new one yet. The new one is my favorite. I, I liked that one, one even better. I feel like essentialism is like, why? doing less better and the new one is like how to so I kind of don't want to read it because I don't really? want to like well I thought I read head. essentialism years ago but the new one to me it embodied a lot more of these concepts we've talked about today about I thought it was really into the why of like how do you make the space oh. to do these things that you want to do and like what are those things so maybe I'll have to like read them both yeah. again but I really liked the second one and I'll have to like put in okay. the show notes what it was because I don't remember what it was called, but it has like a similar. Yeah, I think it's called, I think it's called effortless. Yes, thank you, effortless. Yeah, so it's about like yes. how to reduce the effort of doing the things like that you are intentionally choosing to do. So yes. both of those books like perfectly sync. I actually almost brought up effortless. <laughs> yeah. So yes, those books correlate very well. Um, what book are you currently reading? I am reading The Nickel Boys by okay. Colson Whitehead. It just, it was on the, Pyrex dish shelf at the Goodwill the other day. Hmm. And I was like, that's not where that belongs. But also I've heard of that guy. Like I need to read that. So hmm. it like had to happen. It's yeah. really good. About halfway through it. Okay. And what is a win that you're currently celebrating that we can toast with you? So I have just buttoned up the fourth year version of plan the year, my planner right. that I was talking about earlier. So I'm really excited that like it's, beautiful and I've got some new things like I've spruced up the teachable and I've got some better emails coming to like support you going through it so I'm excited about that and I'm excited that I less but better that like normally I like mm. refilm everything and like redo all this stuff but it didn't need it I yeah. looked at it this year and I was like no this is good this is what works and I'm happy so <laughs> perfect That's just great. working on like the next the next iteration of it yeah I love that and where can people go to find more information about you and your work or everything else going on in your life and all the other amazing things you're doing? So I would love for you to follow me on Instagram. That is the one place that I social media. I'm there at Tracy.Stanger and literally like watch my stories. That's where you see like what I'm doing in the day and where we talk about how to less what matters your life and your business and all of that. And DM me, tell me that you listened or if you just like relate to something that I'm talking about in the stories, I want to hear from you. i obviously like to talk. So <laughs> get the conversation going. I like to remind people it's also introvert friendly. So I understand like you can even say like, hi, introvert here. And <laughs> I'll, I'll lead us along gently. <laughs> mm. And then if you want to see about my work, I just created this new page, tracystanger.com slash menu, mm. where I'm incorporating Cafe Tracy, that girl that grew up working at her parents' diner. I could tell you what's the best thing on the menu for you that's what this menu page does it lists out everything that I do offer and helps you figure out like if it could help you so you can check that out 
Mm, I love that. Well, Tracy, thank you so much for coming to dive into this very important topic with us, especially this time of year. It's been so great to have you share your wisdom and insight and knowledge and like practical experience doing all of this work. So we really appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. This was great. And that's a wrap on our interview with Tracy Stanger. It was so much fun to have her come and talk about one of my favorite topics, the end of the year and the rest and reflection that comes along with that, which is so important. Whether or not you set resolutions, like Tracy pointed out, it's just part of the natural rhythm of life. And I think that comes back to why I love resolutions, the idea of the rhythm to them, but also so many of the other things we touched on today, the idea of how much you can accomplish over the course of a year, how much time you can take for rest, the opportunity you have to experiment with things and figure things out, the reflection that you get each month along the way, and so many other topics and ideas. But whether or not you set resolutions, Tracy had so many valuable ideas and insights about how most of us want to live our lives. We don't want to feel constantly busy and harried. And like we're at the end of our rope, we really do want to enjoy our lives. But part of that is making time for the things that matter to us, whether they be business related or life related or just other goals or resolutions. And so I was so thankful that Tracy came in to dive into all of those topics with me today. And I hope that you will stick your antenna up as we approach the end of the year and as we look back and process, but also as we look forward and plan and strategize and then begin to take action and execute those things that matter to us and that we want to do more of in the coming year. And with that, thanks for tuning into the Result Podcast. You can follow me on Instagram at Carly Cusano. I would love to connect with you. Don't forget to rate and review. It really helps other people find the show. And subscribe if you haven't already so that you don't miss another great episode next week. For the show notes or additional support reaching your goals, check out carlyfasano.com. Until next time, here's to all in the lies ahead.